We have Stefan here with us yeah. from Rhythm Guiding in Japan, Niseko. Yeah. And Stefan, you are the general manager and one of the head, or you are the head guide, right? Uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the head guide and uh, supervisor of the guiding department uh, at Rhythm. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's my, my job. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Perfect job. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about Rhythm. Uh, rhythm, yeah. So, yeah. Originally, we started as a as a as a rental store uh, slash retail store, and since uh, two years, we added a rhythm rides to the to the company, which is uh, a ski school and a guiding company. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we we provide uh, lessons uh, on the mountains mm -hmm. here, not just in Niseko, but also the the resorts around Niseko, like Ruzutu, Kidoro, okay. uh, Moiwa, etc. Yeah, um, and Hakuba as well, right? Um, Hakuba is a little bit different. It's like organized through uh, Evo. Evo is a company that we partnered up with in okay. the last year, and they asked us to uh, to help out uh, with their trips. Uh, so okay. we sent a, a guide down for every trip that Evo uh, does in Hakuba or in Yoko. Okay, and um, yeah, we. But uh, I've seen also a couple of rhythm shops. True. Ah, true. Yeah. So the stores in uh, in Akuba are uh, we have two stores in Akuba, mm -hmm. uh, and they are uh, only doing rentals and retail. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no rhythm rides there, so there's no. Okay. We don't provide there the the ad hoc, let's say ski uh, ski lessons and uh, guiding products. Mm -hmm. That's what we at the moment uh, provide here in, in uh, Niseko okay. um, and the area around Niseko, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how how comes you chose Niseko? Niseko. Um, well, it's kind of funny. Like I finished university, sports university, and mm -hmm. I've been in the ski industry for a long time in Europe. Mm -hmm. and I wanted something new, and I remember I was working at a surf company in uh, in Spain, and um, my friend, one of my dearest friends on snowboard uh, in the snowboard industry, asked me like, "Hey." Yeah. What are you going to do next winter? Yeah. I got a job for you in Japan if you want. Okay. So uh, I said yes to that without actually much knowing about it, only that there's a lot of snow out there. Okay. And uh, yeah, I wanted to experience that. So I uh, came here as a, originally just as an instructor. Yeah. And um, yeah, started to explore and uh, do some more courses around here. And I got familiar with the conditions here in Niseko and, uh, well, Hokkaido, basically. Uh -huh. And uh, from there, I started guiding uh, uh, for, for the same company at the time. Okay. Different company I'm working for now. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. It's kind of kept me going here. And mainly, it's, it's the snow. It's the, it's, it's the culture, obviously, the Japanese culture. And, uh -huh. um, All the lovely friends I made here too. Uh -huh. um, I think we have a really good community here, like uh, a local, good local community. Yeah, and uh, that definitely brings me back all the time. Okay, and stayed me, let me stay here in the pandemic, and okay. yeah, it was great. Cool. Yeah. So actually, most of our clients they're either going to Akuba or to Niseko. <clears throat> most of them actually to Niseko because that's the most famous one in right. Japan. Mm -hmm. um, how would you compare the two different um, destinations? Um, like what do you think is the the pros and pros and the cons? The cons about the different two different resorts. Well, like you know, if we talk about terrain, clearly you can scare yourself a bit more in Akuba if you want to. Like the mm -hmm. terrain is just uh, much bigger and steeper. I mean, mm -hmm. it's proper mountain range. It feels mm -hmm. a bit more like uh, the European Alps. Mm -hmm. 
Um, here we we, uh, we ski and snowboard on volcanoes. Mm -hmm. Volcanoes generally are a little bit more uh, gentle, mm -hmm. a bit more friendly to uh, to skiers mm -hmm. and snowboarders. But if we talk about like consistency of uh, yeah powder snow, mm -hmm. like real light powder snow, um, I would say Niseko has the consistency. Yeah. We, we might not get like the freak dumps that Hakuba sometimes get, you mm -hmm. know, like sixty centimeters plus overnight. But we do get those consistent top-ups of like 20, 30 centimeters. Uh, pretty much every day, right? Pretty much every day. <laughs> I mean, it snows outside while we speak and it hasn't yeah. really been, it didn't really stop for the last few uh, few days. Yeah. yeah so actually, actually, when we came here, or I was in Hakuba first. Yeah. And we just arrived two days ago and I've seen the forecast and there was only like basically five to 10 centimeters on the forecast every yeah. day. But it's a snow machine. It's actually snowing like, 20 to 40 centimeters every day since we <laughs> since we yeah right? it's is it always like this well that's the thing like uh i don't really express this the snowfall in like centimeters uh because it's really hard to say i just mm -hmm. usually say or forecast in like we're gonna get no snow mm -hmm. it's not that often though mm -hmm. we gotta get a, a bit of snow mm -hmm. uh or we just get a lot of snow mm -hmm. and, and a lot of snow can be you know 30 but it can be 60 like uh but it's going to be good anyway if it's 30 mm -hmm. or 60. Right? So what do you consider the last two days for snowfall? Is that considered well, I got, I, for I, you? Or, yeah, or? We, got a, we got a weather plot uh, at our guiding uh, company. And mm -hmm. um, that shows you like every, the snow for every 24 hours, but mm -hmm. also the storm total. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, for this current storm, storm total over the last few day, days, we mm -hmm. are at like 75 centimeters. Mm -hmm. um, so... It's decent, it's good. Like, yeah, we get bigger dumps sometimes, but uh, I think we, we are happy with what we're getting right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I found, I've also found, like, everybody, it's actually my first time to uh, Niseko. Um, our UX sales team has been here several times. Right. They have explored the region since, since uh, yeah, many years, actually. Um, but for me, it was actually the first time, and everybody told me, yeah, it's, it's not as deep and there's shorter runs, but I was still impressed that it's, I mean, that there are still some, like, steep pitches, right? There is, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's also, I mean, yeah, sure, the runouts are a little bit longer and it takes a little bit longer to get out. But it's it's proper fun for for powder skiing. Yeah, well, I feel like you have to take it a little bit in perspective as well, I guess. Like, it depends where everybody's coming from. Mm -hmm. I mean... Myself, I'm originally from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. uh, it's as flat as a pancake. Uh, right. So for, for people from the Netherlands that might not always, you know, are in the Alps, um, this can be uh, quite challenging already, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, or, in, or entertaining. Um, look, you know, with good snow, like, you not necessarily always have to have the steeps. Uh, on top of that, it's also... <laughs> Not so safe to expose yourself mm -hmm. um, as much as you can into the, you mm -hmm. know, the steep terrain because the whole uh, the whole myth that there is no avalanches in Japan that is absolute uh, it's nonsense. I mean, we have avalanches here pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, right. um, so yeah. that's something I definitely want to uh, want to uh, tell everybody is like, yeah. don't think this is a uh, a safe place uh, if it comes to avalanches. Mm -hmm. still, uh, we still have to take this very seriously here uh, mm -hmm. here in Hokkaido as well. Mm -hmm. We might have a very consistent snowfall and uh, wind direction and mm -hmm. temperature. 
Mm-hmm. But it still means that uh, those snow dragons, as we call them, are, are still lurking around. And uh, yeah, that was like, my uh, experience now as well. Like we did the hike to um, um, to the top, and we had a guide yesterday, and we were skiing, and the guide was actually quite nervous, and I completely understand because there were plenty of people and everybody dropping in without like without taking care at all, mm-hmm. and we were. Going the, the back ball, I think it's called. Right. A little bit further to the mm-hmm. right. And they were in the at the top there was it was actually a proper avalanche slope. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all avalanche terrain out there. Yeah. Right. yeah. And um so how do you do the guiding here? Like how especially how do you get away from from the people? Because mm-hmm. it is actually quite Full, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a busy resort. I mean, it got really popular over the last mm-hmm. few years, and uh, we see a lot of uh, as we call it revenge booking this season uh, mm-hmm. because people couldn't get here the last right. few winters. So you, you really see that everybody wants to be here just straight after they open the borders, All right? And that has its effect on the on the on the terrain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, we uh, if we talk about, for example, Niseko, which mm-hmm. is the, the mountain called Mount Anapuri. Uh, it's a big, big mountain uh, with a lot of. Uh, you can you can ski 360 degrees basically, basically in, any, yeah. in, in any aspect. So there's a lot of terrain to cover, and uh, if people are willing to 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 go out and find those uh, those hidden gems, mm-hmm. uh, there's still a lot to explore, which is not uh, where the general public is uh, is going to because they don't know of it. Okay. Uh, I mean, local knowledge here in El Guido is very important. Yeah. Uh, not just for keeping you safe, but also to find those those little gems. Right. Um, obviously, we are not all super eager to give everything away, but sure. um, I mean, if you if you go go out with the right people, uh, with the right guides, they will keep you safe, and they will also bring you to the places where there's gonna be a lot of snow left, and yeah, good powder runs basically. Yeah. So if he hired you, um, I mean, sometimes you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm out do. there. Yeah, you can see it in my face. I mean, yeah, I'm out <laughs> quite a lot. It's yeah. a proper snow bite, right? Uh, yeah, two days ago, it was minus 30 with 50k wind. And yeah. uh, we kept hiking for about two hours to get to where we wanted to come. And like a place where nobody was. And okay. uh, yeah, I had to pay a little bit for it, but yeah. uh, it was definitely worth it. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, if we hire you for our guests um, and they are proper skiers and they're definitely one of their main concerns, like basically everybody who comes to Japan, they want to have like untracked. Yeah. Um, Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you be able to find that for them if they're willing to hike a little bit? Yeah, like if, if you know, the conditions have to line up first, it's mm-hmm. uh, safety first. So mm-hmm. if I feel comfortable with the, 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 the snowpack on the day and I feel comfortable also with uh, the the general level of the group, mm-hmm. um, I mean that's another factor that we have to take uh, take in consideration. For sure, um, solid skiers, uh, fitness has to be on point, uh, mm-hmm. gear has to be on point as mm-hmm. well. And if uh, we all start to know each other, mm-hmm. then we definitely can go to places uh, where we won't see other people around. And um, so yeah. you so you would share your secrets then. Um, I would say um, I would like to, be, to let people experience how to how it is to ride in my boots, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of our our vision as well. Like we would like everybody to ride in our boots mm-hmm. and um, deliver an experience that I like to experience myself on my day off, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And what does that mean? Like, um, I mean, the 
the major runs and all the gays that are here, gate number four, five, or six, yeah. uh, they're quite popular, right? Yeah, like everybody drops in there. Mm -hmm. There's actually a big line. Um, and basically, so from what I've seen the last two days is um, that you have to be either first or you it's all tracked, basically. Uh -huh. I'm not completely agreeing with you there. I Maybe. Think, I, I, I yeah. don't have a lot of experience here. I um, think um, there's definitely uh, a lot of people hiking up at the same time. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of people dropping down at the same place. Mm -hmm. And yeah. as I said, like there's a lot of terrain out there. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, if you know your way uh, towards the left, if everybody goes towards the right, mm -hmm. um, you, will, okay. you will avoid that, that traffic. Okay. Uh, yeah. And... But what does that mean? Does it always like re require you to um, basically skin out or? No, no, no. no. That doesn't. Uh, it's not necessary. Uh, not always. Yeah. Um, you know, it all depends on conditions too. I mean, like, how much snow do we get? Mm -hmm. um, is it a bluebird day? Mm -hmm. um, is it a day where you, you you don't know where you're going because mm -hmm. it's a whiteout? Mm -hmm. But if you have the right guide with you, mm -hmm. he knows where you're going. Even in a whiteout. Right? Even in a whiteout, and mm -hmm. then it's not far that you need to go to get to those places that, as soon as you get to the trees where the whiteout doesn't matter anymore, mm -hmm. right. you're fine. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's decision making. Um, so how many group? How many person per group do you accept? Um, our groups go up to uh, five. Uh, individuals per guide mm -hmm. and currently we um, we you can only hire a private guide so we mm -hmm. won't uh, we, we don't provide like a, a group uh, setup where mm -hmm. uh, we have a group uh, av available uh, where people can sign up for and then uh, kind of like share the share okay. the guide so, so basically it must it must be a group that is coming together and yeah so what we try to eliminate there is that there is a big uh difference in skill level mm -hmm. which will also make then a different big difference in experience sure uh, the experience is the most important thing look i don't want to go out with people that i don't know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's not how you will ride in my boots like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to ride i want to go out there with people that i do know mm -hmm. and that's what I, what we where we already start from the beginning by right having a private guide and then the, the guests can decide themselves with who they're going on, uh, on the mountain with this particular guide up right. to five people. Right. Yeah. Okay. How much is it to hire a guide for a day? Um, so we have two different types of products. Um, the Niseko uh, guiding for a full day mm -hmm. is at the moment at uh, 65,000 yen. Mm -hmm. So that's roughly uh, 450 euros a day. Yeah, with the currency at the moment. Yeah, I would say Just around roughly. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. This is including the obviously the guide, mm -hmm. uh, but also it includes the avalanche gear mm -hmm. uh, and not the the avalanche backpack, not the airbag, mm -hmm. but definitely a normal backpack with the probe transceiver mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the shovel. Okay, uh, that's included in the price. Yeah. Um, and then we have. Um, we call it day trip uh, guided tours where we will go to different uh, resorts where they have gates mm -hmm. as well or mm -hmm. really good side country. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a uh, uh, transport included mm -hmm. and um, the day also lasts a bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, and we still have obviously the, the, the safety equipment in, uh, mm -hmm. included. Mm -hmm. This is... Uh, yeah, we we uh, offer this on eighty thousand yen per day, mm -hmm. 
Um, and then we do the backcountry tours as well, which is all uh, on tour skis and mm -hmm. splitboards. Mm -hmm. um, so no lift access. Mm -hmm. um, and this is all. This is the same price. Do you do the yotai? Yotai, yotai down. Yeah, we uh, we go under the right conditions with mm -hmm. the right uh, guests that mm -hmm. we know. Mm -hmm. We uh, we go up that mountain as well. Mm -hmm. How long um, does it take? It depends a little bit on the group. Like um, I have groups that I got with, and within four hours we're up there. Mm -hmm. But they're very experienced, mm -hmm. and uh, the conditions are lining up really mm -hmm. nicely. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's a slog. Sometimes it takes over six hours to mm -hmm. get up to the crater. Mm -hmm. um, it depends really on the conditions and on the group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And obviously, proper equipment helps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of safety protocols, like what? what do need people need to expect here? I mean, it's obviously probably harder if you get in trouble here than in the Alps, where you have hmm. um, a lot of safety protocols hmm. and helicopter rescue yeah. and all those things. How does it look here? Yeah, over here, um, the you're a little bit more on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, so at that point, it's really, you know, Uh, we all advise to, to go with a guide to, to make sure you don't uh, get in trouble uh, in the first case, in mm -hmm. the first place. Yeah. Um, so if it comes to like moments that where people get injured, because that's actually the main main problem here in the backcountry, mm -hmm. people uh, that get injured and are not able to uh, are not stable enough basically after their injury to get out by themselves. Right. Um, Yeah, that's where uh, we we start our own protocols first to make mm -hmm. sure to stabilize the the yeah mm -hmm. the, the victim yeah. and first try to uh, get this person safely out with our own uh, within our own uh, organization because mm -hmm. this is just an, a quicker and at the end a more safe uh, procedure mm -hmm. um, because you're so exposed by the elements here I mm -hmm. mean uh, it's it's very cold here mm -hmm. and um, weather can change real quickly mm -hmm. but if that's unfortunately not possible then we uh, we will definitely call in the the authorities of, uh, of, of yeah the the mountain safety here mm -hmm. in uh, here in Hokkaido mm -hmm. and uh, and they will will come and, and help Um, How would yeah. they get the victims out of the backcountry? That's really in, depending, in, depending on the situation. In one meter fresh powder. Yeah, exactly. So it's really depending on the situation. Like, especially first of all, like uh, where it happened. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the injury? Mm -hmm. uh, is there an avalanche involved? Um, how far are we out? Mm -hmm. um, that that all depends on that. Like um, helicopters on are. are Are pretty rare here to use uh, just because of the terrain and the weather. Mm. Like it, it all sounds very you know like dramatic. Always like oh helicopter etc. But mm. at the end, it's a lot of risk to use a helicopter to pull somebody out of the backcountry that's injured. Right. Especially so, yeah. with low visibility that you have here. Yeah, it's a lot of wind. Uh, we have a lot of skiing in tree lines mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. there's not not like in the Alps where there's a lot of things happening in the Alpine. There's not much place to to let mm -hmm. to let this. Uh, Helicopter lands safely. But do you have helicopter rescue here? Is it happens. Available? It happens, but it, it it really depends on the situation. And uh, are the helicopters um, based here, or would they need to fly in from somewhere far? Um, I would say uh, it's not like uh, that. They are on the base of every mountain, right? But uh, they are uh, in a, in a, in a, in like a, a range uh, close enough to. Okay. To act if uh, if necessary. Okay. 
Um, but once again, um, they take a lot of they take a lot of uh, things in consideration before they uh, they let the helicopter fly, basically. Right. So uh, first thing you would try to get the people out yourself. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that's what our guides are all trained for, mm -hmm. and uh, where we actually spend a lot of time uh, behind the doors. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time training this. Training. Yeah, and uh, also we continue this throughout the winter that nobody is like uh, start slack basically. Is there is there kind of a federation or association um, that you need to comply with um, for like, well, we, well, um, rescue protocols? Look, uh, we don't. I don't want to speak for for like other other mm -hmm. companies because everybody mm -hmm. has its own protocols, you mm -hmm. know, its own, uh, uh, you know, like level of the standards that they want to have when it comes to uh, first aid or like first responding. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely at Ridden, we we uh, we like to see everybody uh, having a wilderness first aid responder. Mm -hmm. um, um, certificate uh, and also one that's up to date, mm -hmm. and uh, and then besides that, we we train uh, on a regular base uh, scenarios, mm -hmm. um, and everybody has has you know everybody within the team has his own like you know uh, specific parts of first responding that are really strong at, and mm -hmm. it's good to share that knowledge with each other and uh, basically get everybody. Uh, on a higher level of uh, first responding. Right. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Going one step back again, like escaping the crowds, um, do you offer um, cat skiing? Uh, we don't. We uh, we don't offer cat skiing, but cat skiing is definitely around. Mm -hmm. uh, there's multiple uh, cat ski operations. Mm -hmm. uh, so if people are interested in cat skiing, there's, a, there's so an opportunity. So you could organize that as well? Um, we rather... Um, passes on to the actual mm -hmm. uh, get ski operations mm -hmm. and uh, let them organize it directly with the with uh, with the guests mm -hmm. we think that's a better for everybody's experience basically mm -hmm. okay um, ourselves we believe in the more in like the backcountry experience either using lift access or mm -hmm. earning your turns by mm -hmm. uh, going up on a speedboard or mm -hmm. on the tour skis mm -hmm. and uh, have that you know and have that experience as well how it is to basically earn your turns basically going up there on your own power and like you know embracing the nature as well because it's super beautiful i mean yeah. i find it amazing to to walk up and wind down a little bit and get all the get, you know breathe everything in and like realize where you are because mm -hmm. it's a beautiful place mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it is yeah for sure i mean it's wonderland huh? <laughs> you go through the woods here and through the trees and yeah it's amazing yeah yeah then in compare Like comparing dining, nightlife, Hakuba versus Niseko, mm. can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so um, I have a bunch of Japanese friends and they actually always uh, are very uh, big on the nightlife in Hakuba. Mm -hmm. They say that uh, the Hakuba nightlife is, is very strong and uh, uh, a lot of uh, famous Japanese DJs go over there because it's quite close to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. um, but I must say that... Um, There's a lot, lot of uh, things going on here at night as well. There's a lot. Of, there's a big li li uh, nightlife here too, uh, but there, there might be not so. Well, some of them are, but like, there's also some smaller gigs going on that you just hear mm -hmm. while you go out and it's like, oh, there's something going on there tonight, mm -hmm. and people, people will hear it while they're going out, and mm -hmm. it might not be so big advertised, but that makes it fun too. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a little bit what you see in Japan uh, in general, like try to 
explore a little bit like mm -hmm. uh, where something is going on and then right. some quirky events or like venues that you end mm -hmm. up in and it's part of the experience I guess. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, my feeling is that it's much more that there's much more an offer here in Iseko versus Hakuba, no? Uh, I would say like Hakuba is the is the area where uh, it's like it's called Hakuba Valley and mm -hmm. the valley is very spread out. True. So you know you can't really like hop bars there uh, so easy as over here because mm -hmm. everything is here kind of centered around the town of Hirahu, mm -hmm. uh, where over there everything is all the venues are a bit more spread out so mm -hmm. you basically always need like a car or it's a bit of a walk to mm -hmm. go from A to B um, so yeah doing a bit of pop crawl or like just mm -hmm. after your dinner walk into like a bar to extend the night basically mm -hmm. that's a little bit easier I would say in Hirafu because mm -hmm. you can do it all by foot mm -hmm. yeah in terms of dining, what do you what do you think is um, um, where the differences? Well, like Hokkaido is very famous for their quality of food. Like mm -hmm. uh, even if you uh, hear about uh, the Japanese, they, when you talk about Hokkaido, mm -hmm. the first thing they talk about is, "Oh, the food is so good in Hokkaido," mm -hmm. and they mainly talk about the seafood. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with the the, the water temperatures here. Mm -hmm. The water temperatures uh, around the island are much lower than uh, in the rest of Japan, mm -hmm. which creates. Uh, for example, more fatty fish, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's generally seen as like better quality and mm -hmm. uh, better taste. Mm -hmm. um, we're very close to the to the to the harbors here, so we get yeah daily uh, the fresh fish coming in here, and all the the dining is definitely uh, taking advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And so I would say like yeah, there's a good variety of. Uh, yeah, it was good impressive. food here. Like we had yeah. some, some really good dinners here. Yeah? So yeah. What was your favorite? Yeah. Well, we went to the Alpinist, which is uh, raclette. Yeah. 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 Um, Not so Japanese. <laughs> but it was actually really good quality. Oh, like, awesome. We are here yeah. with um, European tour operators. Mm. There's some Swiss tour operators with right. us. And yeah. he is really into dining and he said that he was impressed. And as a matter of fact, they import the cheese from Switzerland. Yeah. So it is... Probably, yeah, it's not Japanese, but it was really good quality. And Did you have to ring the bell? Did you let drop some bread in the in the fondue? No, we just had <laughs> the raclette. Oh, the raclette. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the melted cheese. And then yesterday we went to one of the barbecue places where you have a little barbecue on your on your um, dinner table. Oh, the Genghis Khan? So like the, did you go there? I forgot the name. It's just down, down here. There. Yeah, so it's a, was it lamb, lamb meat? Or like... uh, no, it was a lot of beef. A lot of beef. Oh, ah, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, right. Different cuts of, of beef. And yeah. It's like amazing and yeah. then Japanese style of, yeah uh, also preparing it and yeah with miso spread and uh, mm -hmm. like spicy and proper fine dining excellent. yeah it was really really good nice it's awesome yeah cool yeah just just one advice I would say if you want to experience all the, the restaurants here mm -hmm. they are very popular yeah and they will get uh, booked out mm -hmm. so I would always recommend to make reservations up front mm -hmm. and maybe even if you're not even maybe even a few weeks or as soon actually you know when you come over here so you to, to make a reservation so you make sure you got you got your table okay because yeah places here have high quality food but it means that the kitchen is not that big right so they can't serve as many tables right um so i would definitely recommend that yeah mm -hmm. and in terms of standard and clientele my feeling is that um uh niseko area is much more upscale um, 
nice uh, accommodation compared nice, to uh, hotels in compared to Cuba. Um, would you confirm that, or what's your what's your takeaway there? Look, um, yeah, there's a lot of new development here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, big hotels uh, that in the last over the last few years have been built, mm-hmm. and um, they do focus a lot uh, on the. Well, we call it like the new Asian market. Like the for for the a lot of Asian countries, it's a snow ski and snowboarding is quite new, mm-hmm. and they all want to, you know, have a they all want to have a piece of it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they getting really attracted to those big hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some some really cute Japanese mm-hmm. uh, accommodations around here, okay. and they're often also a little bit more. Uh, a bit better price, I would say, mm, like a more bit more fair, bit more fair price, say like that. Right. Um, but if you want to live real close to the li- to the lift, like almost ski and ski out, mm. yeah, then you will end up in those uh, more upper class big hotels right. uh, here. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stefan. It was actually great talking to you. Okay. And Likewise. you have a great opera- operation running. Thank you. And looking forward to do more with you in the future. Um, for our guests, awesome. um, just as a quick wrap up, three points for three uh, USPs for Niseko, three mm-hmm. USPs for Hakuba. Could you sum it up? Like, what's the just as bullet points? <laughs> like, why would you come here? You yeah. Well, like Niseko, obviously, for the snow, twenty meters a year. <laughs> yeah, something like that on average. Right. Um, definitely uh, for for the food as well. I mean, yeah. food is amazing here. And like, yeah, I would say it's just it's just an, a whole new experience, uh, like with the sport experience. Yeah. Um, nothing you can compare with uh, like the European Alps, for example. So, right. Yeah. Right. It's definitely unique. Why would you go to Akuba? Why would I go to Akuba? If you want to, you know, uh, ride some bigger lines, uh, feel a little bit more familiar. I mean, feel a little bit more you're like actually in... in in uh, mountains like the European Alps, I would definitely uh, recommend to go to Hakuba. There will be more bluebird days as well, like mm-hmm. nice weather days. That's definitely if you prefer to have, besides the amount of snow, also some good weather days. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend to go to Hakuba. Mm-hmm. And the access to Hakuba is uh, definitely easier. Mm-hmm. You fly into Tokyo, you take the, the bullet train, mm-hmm. and you're basically there. Mm-hmm. Whereas to here, you need to take another flight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no bullet train here. Mm-hmm. So flight, I mean, the journey from the airport mm-hmm. to uh, Niseko can be a bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely a, a plus there. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the summary. Thanks for the call. Have a nice one. Yeah, nice to meet you.